When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, Simon from Ace Podcast Nation, one-stop shop for YouTube content, interviews, guests, podcasts on uh, mental health, football, films, TV, music, wrestling, MMA, and pretty much anything we can talk about. Uh, my guest today is a football journalist, Probably you may have seen him on NBC Sports, heard him on Talk Sport, and host of Beyond the Pitch podcast. Uh, Phil Brown, thanks for joining me, Phil. A pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. So, initially, we were going to record on Tuesday, and I had a few issues, uh, and we were going to record after the United game. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what did you think about that? You know, the scoreline was the same as the FA Cup, but it was a very different game. Um, I thought United actually played quite well, but lost the game due to individual errors, which uh, is incredibly costly for United. It's, it happened on the Mourinho too. He lost a lot of games due to individual errors. Couldn't fault Solskjaer for the way United played, the way they lined up. For the team that he picked, um, he, he was just let down by people making individual mistakes. Ashley Young, who's the captain, I, I have no idea what he was doing, getting sent off. You've now got him and Luke, Luke Shaw suspended for the next game. Um, it, to me, it was it was that that defeat was down to the players, not down to Solskjaer. Yeah, I agree. And I think the problem is, is they've had the same issue since even when Ferguson was there with the likes of Jones and Smallin. They've all, all got a mistake in them. Young, they've all got that mistake in them. And I think only... Like initially, when Ling, uh, Lindelof came, he had the same issue, but he seems to have, you know, he's really kicked on now. But they just seem to have the same issues, and which makes me wonder why they've renewed all three of them. And they seem to, there's reports today that they're letting go of Herrera and uh, Eric Bailly. And it's like, I would take Eric Bailly over any of them, all three of them in yeah. a right-back or centre-back. And I think you're right, the players let him down because particularly the first half hour, I thought they were easily the better side. They played some decent stuff. They weren't... They haven't hit the heights that they hit in the first sort of 10 or so games. But they certainly weren't as bad as the FA Cup game. No, you're right there. Because I thought they were very, very poor in that game. 
Well, I agree because I've been saying this for a while. People were talking about the Solskjaer uh, honeymoon period. That's been over for, for a long, long time. And probably over when they went to Spurs. Um, I, which to me gives enormous credit to Solskjaer that he was able to maintain the results despite the fact that the performances had leveled off. I can't remember the last time United totally dominated a game. In fact, that Wolves game may have been their best game in a long, long time. Uh, the second half, Wolves didn't have a shot until they hit the bar. Um, so I just think um, they actually played quite well. And again, can't fault Solskjaer. I think before you can judge Oli on anything, positive, negative, um, mainly negative, he has to bring his own people into the football club. He's managing players that aren't his. He's done an unbelievable job to get United in contention for the top four. Three defeats in his last four is not good, but and I, it's not great that they play Barcelona the next. Um, but uh, I think it has to be kept in the context because with the exception of about two players, maybe two or three, he's improved everybody at the club and uh, has given, despite the fact a number of players need to leave no matter what, um, he's given United some renewed confidence that certain players can have a future at the club. Um, and and it's not as bad as first thought. Initially, it looked like they needed at least a new defensive centre-back pair, and now it looks like they only need one. Um, there's a left-back in Luke Shaw, as we've seen. That's, you know, always, that, that's down to the improvement under Solskjaer. Um, and, you know, Scott McTominay, a player I never rated, and has impressed me recently. You know, he's, he played exceptionally well against Liverpool. Against PSG, uh, against Wolves, where he was our best midfielder. So, in, in that sense, and then of course Rashford, um, there's some positives, but there's still a number of players that Solskjaer needs to replace that he hasn't had an opportunity to do yet, and I think he has to be given the opportunity to do that. What concerns me is the football structure at the club and who's making those decisions. Um, that hasn't seemed to change, and that's what's got United in this mess that they're in. Just really, really poor recruitment without major thought going into why you're buying a player, for what culture, for the way you want to play. Yeah, and I think they should have got a technical director in before they appointed Solskjaer because I read that like he's going to be involved in the decision, which obviously, you know, he needs to work with, he needs to work with the technical director, but in many ways, the technical director should be overseeing what Solskjaer is doing as well. So I felt like they should have got that in place. God, they should have got that in place years ago, but I mean, Certainly, before they appointed their new manager, I felt they needed to get that in place, but they haven't. And like you say, it always seems to be down to Woodward bringing those players in, and is he just bringing names in for the sake of it, rather than people which will fit fit the club and fit the philosophy and the way they want to play? Well, I don't think they know what the philosophy is. First of all, when you hire people like Van Hal and Mourinho, who neither of whom are compatible with Manchester United's DNA identity, um, I think that is a result of the fact that there's not a lot of depth when it comes to the football decisions. I believe Van Hal and Mourinho were hired for the same reason. They're experienced coaches with a track record of being quite good. Without any thought as to what's going to happen on the pitch, how are these teams going to play, what is their what is their style, how do they play. Mourinho is, for the last 10 years, has been hired by top clubs who have been starved to success that are willing to sacrifice their principles so that they can bring success. But the problem is United never fully committed to Mourinho and they lost faith in him really halfway through his contract, which is staggering to me that he got a new one. So they sort of committed to him 
Um, and then come the second season, they were no longer willing to support him with sending. So, um, and, and that just can't happen. Uh, if you hire a manager, you have to either be committed to him. And the minute you're not committed to him and you're willing to undermine him in the transfer market, then it's a dead duck. You have to sack him. It has to go. Uh, I think when you look at Mourinho's failure into Chelsea and United, there's similar reasons that once you lose control of who comes in and who comes out, and players no longer respect that you're their boss who can who can sack them, who can get rid of them, then you lose credibility in the dressing room, you lose that clout. And that is why it's so important that whoever's responsible for coaching these players, for managing these players, has the ability to, to get rid of them because um, they have to know who their boss is. Uh, and, and at United, was that Mourinho? Was that Woodward? Because it's very clear there's certain players at that club, no matter how badly Mourinho wanted them to go, were not going to be sold. Uh, I, I, you can't do that with a manager. No, and I think I I always felt Mourinho should have come in after Fergie because he was the only one in world football who had the ego and the the personality to be able to cope with it. And just to tide him over for two years normally and that with him, three at the most, where he might win a few trophies, but he'll keep him challenging in that sort of top part of the league. And then they should have gone for someone a bit younger or whoever they, you know, after having a proper look. Because obviously Fergie left uh, in a bit, you know, it wasn't expected. So they didn't have a great deal of time to prepare. But when Mourinho's come in, if you're going to bring him in at the point they did, he's a checkbook manager. If you give him money, he will win you trophies. As shown by the first season, they gave him money. He won the Europa League. And the, what was it, the Carling Cup, wasn't it? Or the League, League Cup. Mm-hmm. So, he's shown that if you give him money, he will win trophies. He might not play the most beautiful football. He might rub some people the wrong way. But that's what you bring him there for. They weren't bringing him there thinking he was going to play this attacking, great football. Uh, I think the nail was in the coffin for him when he went after Pogba publicly. Because I think Pogba, one way or the other, is Ed Woodward's cash cow, whether it's with sponsorships and advertising and all this thing, or when they eventually sell him. So they don't want his value diminished by stripping him of the vice-captaincy. They were never going to sell him cheap, so they want him playing. They don't want him ostracised and isolated. And... He seems to be pretty popular with the players as well. I dare say that there's been a few times where he's rubbed players up the wrong way, but I mean, that's the same in any workplace. But I felt like that was the point where there was no coming back from it. I mean, to be fair, this is true at a lot of top clubs, that the superstars are almost untouchable. I mean, you couldn't sell Messi at Barcelona. Any manager would go before Messi, and I'm not comparing Pogba to Messi, but just in terms of what they mean to their football clubs. Uh, you know, Real Madrid had this with Ronaldo. These players are worth more than just what they contribute on the pitch. Everybody knows United are a commercial monster. Everybody knows that they have the balance wrong between football and commerce. So none of this should come as a surprise. Um, this has always been Woodward's MO to same players that uh, are commercially lucrative. Uh, and so, yes, of course, look, there's been rumours about this going back to as far as 
the original Ronaldo when he had a seizure in a dressing room before a World Cup final where Nike allegedly pressured the Brazilian FA to play him. This, the commercial overreach, has been there for a long, long time. It's just much more explicit now. And so with United are admired around the world for their business acumen, not for the football anymore. And I just find that really sad. I think uh, the club became too obsessed with making money and um, they got that balance wrong and didn't build that. It's okay to have a business angle in football, but it's where you place your your priorities and it can't be in, in sponsorships and trading. It has to be on, look, we'll prioritize making money based on a football success. Uh, and if you don't do that, then you're a business that happens to play football. And so I just think that United have got the balance wrong, and that's just really, really sad. Uh, and until they get that balance right, you're going to continue to see what, you see, what you're seeing at the moment, uh, a football club that is a bit rudderless, that um, doesn't have any direction because there's no nobody setting that culture from the top down that we we operate with this framework it's just just go win and that'll do and so um that's what happens when you have people running a football club that aren't football people yeah and i think woodward comes from business doesn't he he's not a football mm. guy no um who would you bring in as the technical director like i've seen that i see a, little, a lot of people recently saying oh you get fergie in there but you no. know he's He's an old man and he's, you know, he's been ill. You can't expect someone of his age to do that job on a full-time basis. Well, uh, first of all, United need to move on from the Ferguson era. It's gone. And stop trying to, they're going to recycle him 10 years after he's dead and bring him back as a manager in the hope that he can reinvent United. I mean, it's ridiculous. He was a great manager. United had to move on from Matt Busby. He was a great manager. But until they moved on from that era and got Ferguson... Everybody pined for for Busby, um, but you, but you can't keep Roland Ferguson out, and and he wasn't blameless either for the mess that United found themselves in. He's partly responsible for the mess United found themselves in. Great manager, but he's not perfect human being, and so I think that it's not just about a, tra- a technical director. I think there has to be a football structure at United, because if you look at Moyes, Van Hal, Mourinho, they've all complained about what's above them. They've all complained about the football structure above them, the lack thereof. I think United need to have a, a, a football structure and a football board that isn't impotent. They have football board at the moment, but none of them have any decision-making capabilities. That can't happen. Remember, this is a football club first before it's a business. And United would never allow football people to make business decisions at the club for the obvious reason. So business people should be making football decisions. So for me, it's about much more than just a technical director. It's about an entire football structure that you see at top clubs. Yeah, spot on. I agree with that completely. And I think you're right. It's no point in having those football people there if they've got absolutely no power to make no. any sort of decision which is going to have any influence on the pitch. And just correct. So. Going back to what you said about Fergie being partially responsible, yeah. Let's not forget that he didn't buy a central midfield player, which they badly needed. Um, and there was a couple of players which he sort of, like he bought Skull, like Pogba left, and he bought Skulls out of retirement mm-hmm. instead of buying a long-term replacement. And arguably, they're still lacking, I said, that central midfielder. I think like Matic will have a few games where he's very good, and then he'll have more where he's not very good. Herrera was poor up until Solskjaer came in. 
and Pogba seems to have gone off the boil again. Is you know they do need someone who's not Paul Pogba who can get a hold of games, and that's going back to when Fergie was there. Well, I mean, you could even argue Ander Herrera was a wasn't. I mean, Ander Herrera was was signed when Van Hal came, uh, and really United tried to get him the year before, uh, and couldn't get him. As we all know, what happened. Um, this is a result of really poor scouting. It's the only only explanation. How can you pay fifty two million pounds for for Fred, who, you know, we're all impressed that he can pass the ball to a red shirt. I mean that that is his, he's looking good here. He's managed to string six passes together that have found the same player. Um, I just I think that the, the 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 recruitment. You look at Alexis Sanchez. It's been a disaster. Uh, it's it's almost like Fernando Torres over again. We're a player who's lost his pace and will never find it. Who will contribute almost nothing until he leaves. I'd be amazed if they turn that around. But it's also caused a knock-on problem with the rest of the top players that surely United had to see coming when they gave him that contract. And we see the football leaks that have reported on his contract, which is just truly astronomical. That what they're paying him and what they're getting back for that money. Um, I don't really understand why. A football club that takes itself serious with serious ambitions are renewing the contracts of players they already know are going to spend half the season out injured and not be good enough. I don't understand the, the thought process behind that, why it's letting players go that are actually contributing. Uh, I'm not saying that Ander Herrera and Wamata don't need to be replaced. They do. But before we get to them, you have a lot of other problems. Uh, and, and the last part of this is with Ferguson not signing a central midfielder. Look, United stopped spending after 2008. Um, and it's no surprise that that coincided with the financial crisis, and which, of course, affected the Glazers heavily. It also affected Liverpool heavily uh, and, and didn't start spending again until that financial crisis ended. And here we are again with a depression, uh, a depressing economy, certainly in the U.S. Uh, jobs are we're losing jobs, which um, you take a look at auto loans at their highest default rate since 2010. Um, I, I work in the commercial sector right here, and most people are down 15 20%. So you see in an American economy starting to dip, and I'll add into Brexit, you've got glazers that have that are highly susceptible to share price, uh, to currency changes because the pound crashes, the, dollar, the debt is in dollars. I think there's so many variables that are going into United being parsimonious right now, and um, I'm not confident they'll go out and spend massive amounts of money this summer. I hope that they do. But if you look at everything that's going on at the club, everything about the club, certainly in the last, since since last year, has been about uh, penny pension. Because what did they sign in January uh, this summer? Uh, Fred, that didn't, that hasn't improved the squad. Dalot starting to improve the squad. Lee Grant prior to that, Alexis Sanchez, they missed out this transfer window. So the last three transfer windows, they really haven't strengthened the squad. They have to do that this summer if they really want to compete. Um, but I'm not confident they'll bring in the caliber of player that United need to compete um, because the same people are making the same decisions. Yeah, that's, that's this. you feel like it's going to be the same again. You feel like it may end up being a summer of Pogba, will he go, won't he go? De Gea, will he go, won't he go? And they'll either go or they won't. And then it'll be rumour after rumour after rumour of this player and that player and this player. And then all of a sudden, the last week of the transfer window will go and they'll be scrambling again. And they'll sign the wrong player like they did when they signed Fellaini because they left. They spent so long going after Bale. 
that they just all of a sudden there was a week to go and they panicked. And I just think they seem to either panic or make bad decisions because they don't, they're not planning properly what they want, why they want it, and who are the best players to fulfill the needs that they've got. Well, and I think until they do that, they're going to struggle. Well, you can't settle on a target in July. You had to settle on a target in January, February, and then go pursue that target. How many times have you heard United managers say they get their number one target? Almost never. And so they got to start going down that list and taking compromises and taking bigger risks and bigger risks, bigger risks, high risk of failure. I mean, how many players, Woodward spent 700 million. How many of those players have they actually improved, have actually improved the squad? I mean, that's an absolutely disgraceful track record. I could pull anybody off the street and give them 700 million. I'm quite certain they would send at least two or three players over that period that would actually work out. I mean, how many players could you not sell at a profit that they bought? Very few. And the only reason why they could sell Pogba to profit is because the market's increased, not because he's improved. Pogba hasn't made that last step in his development yet, which is consistency. He's still inconsistent. He's an exceptionally talented footballer. But for United, when their best players are being heavily linked away from the club, how do you expect to take somebody else's best players when you can't keep your own? Absolutely. So, Solskjaer's in. Yep. Do you think he's the man long-term, or do you think it's going to be two or three years, rotate in and rotate in and rotate in? As most clubs do these days, there's not many managers who last more than sort of three or four years at the most these days. I think a couple of things I think uh, nobody knows. Uh, first of all, there's no United fan that thought Solskjaer was absolutely perfect. They knew there was risk involved. Everybody knows that well, form is temporary. He's done an exceptional job. Is he perfect? No, because there's still a lot of questions he has to answer. But he deserved a crack at it. Why not? Um, if he was able to improve this squad with players that aren't his, then he deserves an opportunity to bring in his own people and make the changes that he feels his squad needs to make. There's an important part about Solskjaer that is really important to United. And he's managed to unify the fans with who sits on the bench. Uh, and the football that's being played on the pitch. United rely on that fan equity to sell the sponsors. Look how much our fans love us. No matter how bad we're playing, you can still sponsor us and make a lot of money. But once there's discontent on the sta- on the, on the stance towards the club and the players, then it's harder to cash that fan equity in because you can't turn around to a sponsor and say, sponsor us and our fans will buy your stuff. You know, it's the, how, do you, how can you say that whenever your fans aren't coming to your stadium and they're protesting? So that's really important for United with Solskjaer. And look, uh, the fact that he's got United in a race is incredible. Um, and I hope United support him properly. But it all depends on the expectation that the fans have for him. If they expect that he's going to win the league next year, then no, he won't be successful. United are, in my opinion, at least two, three years away from even challenging. Yeah, I think there's, there's a big, not just in terms of points, there's a big gap to where they are and where Liverpool, Spurs and Man City are. Just simply, mm-hmm. I know Spurs are no longer third, or they weren't. But Spurs know the way they play. They've got a plan of bringing through young English players. They've got a manager and a structure in place. They know what they want to do off the pitch just as well as they know what they want to do on the pitch. Same for Liverpool, same for Manchester City. I mean, Manchester City put their structure or Pep's structure in place a year before he even got there. That's, you know, it's, it's, 
Yeah, but there's a big difference here. The people, first of all, they've got a blank checkbook, so they're not, yeah. they're not, they're they're not unconditional. Uh, they're with the moves they make isn't conditional upon how much money they make. But the other part of this is they have a football structure at the club. They knew exactly what they wanted and they pursued that and they built the squad. But they hired Guardiola. They hired him months before he came. And they built the squad for him. You know, United, which they should have went after Guardiola didn't have the context, didn't have the acumen to get someone like that, and they didn't have the football brain to be able to build a squad in someone's image. Because when you bring, like, you know, went for Mourinho instead and chose to build half a squad in his image. Um, I, I don't think Mourinho helped himself, and I think they rightfully sacked him. Uh, but what I like with Oli, it's different from Mourinho, is you can settle scores with players. I'm not saying Mourinho was wrong with with, with Pogba or any of that. Too. Or, or whatever he did with Pogba Marshall, because they all deserved it in some way. Um, and they were both as bad as each other. But even if you sell a personal score, you may you may benefit from the end of it, but the losers United and the losers United fans, because now you get disgruntled players that want to leave, that are no longer putting in performances. Then we get the Pogba that we saw a couple of months ago at Liverpool, that is desperate to leave the club. Um, and and so ultimately, the the people that lose United, United fans. This is why I understand. Even if Ollie privately has serious doubts about some players, he's not going to air those in public because at that point it's about you. It's not about the club. And uh, I I I think Ollie said all the right things about his squad and all that. I don't believe he thinks that squad's good enough. I think he, he's a football person. He knows it's not. But just because he doesn't say that in public doesn't mean that that's exactly what he's thinking. So for me, I think uh, Solskjaer, the way he handles those players uh, is is the way I would expect he a manager to handle them. But I hope he has the ruthlessness to um, to get rid of these people if they're not contributing. And I think he will. Yeah, I think that's the one thing looking from the outside is where the, like he seems to have had the ruthlessness when it comes to squad, like team selection. But a lot of my friends who are United fans, they were worried when they saw Jones and Young getting new mm-hmm. contracts because yeah. it's like, oh, we've been here before. Jones has, seems to have several mistakes in him, you know, every couple of games. But also he's out for three quarters of the season, every season, mm-hmm. or half. See, you know, he's out for a long period every season. Smalling pick up two long-term injuries a season. Yes, when he's gets a run of games, he's generally good. But he's you can't you can't challenge for the you know for four trophies if two of your main centre backs have long-term injuries every single year. And well, sorry, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, look, uh, if United expect that that centre-back perm will take them to a league title, they'll find out what we, everyone already knows. It's hard to know how much Ollie had a, had a role in those two players getting a new contract, as both of them were, were done before he was named the permanent manager. He may have given advice, he may not have. Um, but he's also come out and said that Ander Herrera has been crucial to United's run. And so why wasn't he given a new deal? I, I, it's, I mean, look, United have to... They've got the second half wage bill in world football. And I don't believe squad players should be rewarded to the tune of 200 grand a week. But nobody knows what Herrera's offered. Nobody knows what he turned down. It's all speculation at this point. Um, but United are well within the right to say, look, we want to make different decisions. Again, it just concerns me that they won't sign 
players of the requisite quality to replace the ones going out to move United forward. I think you'll get much the same. I think you'll get players that are they're not desired by the rest of the top clubs and United are going to hopefully turn into top level players because when was the last time you saw United sign a player, a top player, that was pursued by other top clubs and United won that race? Very, very rarely does that happen. No, and I think with Herrera, I just say would say as well, is he may be asking for a lot of money, supposedly, but if they have a completely every single player's fit and in relatively good form, he starts every big game and he generally performs in the big games. You can't say that about Jones, Young, and to a lesser extent, Smalling. Herrera, when you play in those big games, he turns up. If he's fit, he turns up. And nine times out of ten, he has a good game. You know, all United's best results over the years when he's played, he's generally been one of the best players on the pitch. Whether it's man-marking Hazard or doing another job, he rarely lets the team down. And if he does play badly, he doesn't stop running. And he, you know, he'll still put it about and he'll still do his work that he needs to do. So, like, for me, I find it mind-boggling that a club United size is paying Sanchez 500 grand a week or whatever it is, but they're quibbling over another 20 or 30 grand for someone who plays and plays well for him. But, like you say, you don't know what's making that decision. I don't claim to try to understand how United make their business decisions. I really don't understand the value in in re-sending some of those players uh, and letting some of your better players go, um, but uh, I, and I've been perplexed by their football decisions. I mean, the fact that they're in the same situation with David de Gea they were in three, four years ago is truly unbelievable. Uh, I cannot believe that they did not get that contract sorted, and now they're sitting down to the last year of the contract of the best goalkeeper in the world, the best player United have, the one position that doesn't need fixed, and. We are in a situation where 12 months from now you can walk away for free. That is just truly ridiculous. That is an aptitude beyond belief. Especially because about a month or two ago, it was like all the reports where he's agreed on 350 grand a week and he's happy. And why wasn't, you know, give him, he's the one player in that squad which you give what he wants. And you. Yeah. You know it's concerned I mean? me. It's... The last few weeks, he hasn't locked himself, and so you just wonder. Well, yeah, he looks. I think the last two weeks, him and Pogba look like they're distracted, which would worry me because to me that says that something's going on in the background. Whether it's contract negotiations, whether it's their agent is speaking to a, other clubs, or whether they're not happy with the contract negotiations or the offer that's on the table, because for the Oddies first. 10 games, they both looked solid, mm-hmm. and Pogba suddenly looked like the player, which everyone knows he can can be. Well, to suddenly go backwards again, it seems a bit suspect, I think. Pogba was saying to be the difference in games where things are close. It wasn't saying to get the third and fourth goal against Cardiff. Um, you know, they can get players that can do that at a quarter of the price. So if he's not influencing games where United really need him against the likes of Wolves away, and look, yeah, there's a difference between a bad player and a bad game. You know, so Paul Pop is an exceptionally gifted footballer with tremendous ability. Um, 
and he seduces you when he plays well. But that consistency still hasn't arrived yet. And if he wants to go abroad to a place like Madrid or somewhere like that, he's going to have to add that to his game. He's going to have to add consistency because they'll have the white hankies out for him. And same where if he goes to Barcelona, they don't have any loyalty. You play well, they'll support you. If you don't, they won't. They don't care about what you've done. I mean, when you look at what Gareth Bale's done for Real Madrid, if Gareth Bale had done that for Man United, he'd be a club legend. And he'd never and, and they'd never allow fans to turn on him like that. But Madrid, they don't care. So, you know, I think that when you go to a place like Madrid, you have to accept that this is this is where all the excuses stop. You can't turn around and blame anybody but yourself if you play badly. You can't blame the manager. You can't do any of that because the fans won't give you that rope. And it it's the highest you're going to be paid most likely in your career. It's the, probably the biggest club you'll ever play for in your career. And if you don't de- deliver, you're out within a year. They don't mess about you know, that's why they've won four European Cups out of five. This is why United don't, because United would keep him. So I think for Pogba to survive at Madrid, and I'm just talking about surviving, he has to add consistency to his game. Uh, and until he does that, you can't talk about him as a serious Ballon d'Or contender and stuff like that. He's got all the ability in the world, but consistency is completely different. And uh, that's what separates good players from great players. Yeah. I think you're spot on there. Okay, uh, so thanks for joining me, Phil. Pleasure, Phil's going to join you for a, a, another podcast coming soon as well. Uh, tell the people where your social media or your Twitter account is, Phil. Yes, you can catch me on Twitter at Malakans, uh, M-A-L-A-C-H-I-A-N-S. You can find me. Uh, it's where you'll find me tweeting and stuff. And apologies for some of the stuff tweeted. You might not agree with it all. But um, that's where you can find me, and um, you know I'm happy to, to interact, to answer any questions anybody may have. And thanks for for having me, man. No worries. Cool. Uh, you can find me at AceCast underscore Nation, and uh, I'll see you next time, guys. Cheers. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.